0: This is the Epilog audio experience. Namaste and hello. My name is Yashika and I'm the founder and CEO of Voice of Achievers from India. Voice of Achievers brings a hub of inspiring and seldom heard voices of entrepreneurs, professionals, creatives and almost all doers who've dared to walk a tough road. Diving deep into their personal journeys, Voice of Achievers traces their learning curve and shares instrumental lessons learnt both personally and professionally. From heart-crushing disappointments to passionate resilience, listen to the stories of these achievers in their own voices. Learn what sacrifices they made, odds they dared, and how they found the inspiration to continue on the paths they chose. Today, we have on the show a coffee roaster, a Q grader, a coffee taster and India's first Aeropress champion. He has been the head roaster and trainer at Blue Tokai Coffee. He is the founder and a passionate brewer at Corridor 7 Coffee Roasters in Nagpur which is Central India's first specialty coffee roastery. He is also a TEDx speaker and has been a keynote speaker at Indian International Coffee Festival 2018. Today, we are brewing an interesting conversation with Mr. Mithilesh Vazalwar. Hello and welcome to the show.
1: Hi uh, Ashika, yeah, thank you so much.
0: Corridor 7 Coffee Roasters. Why Corridor 7? Yeah.
1: Uh, so the story goes, like, my first memory of coffee is from my school corridors, where uh, coffee was brewed for my teachers. And that's my first memory of what coffee is. So that's why. And uh, seven is because uh, that's how like, there's a story of brother Baba Budan who smuggled seven green beans uh-huh. from Middle East and planted that in Chick Mangalore back in the 16th century. Okay. And that's how coffee started growing in India. So it's like my it's a combination of mine, first memory, and India's uh, entrance towards. That's
0: an interesting backstory behind Corridor 7, I must tell you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> so, uh, you just spoke about uh, coffee coming down to Uh We have. Yep. Uh, say, a mm-hmm. Starbucks or a cafe coffee, Day have made the Ethiopian or the Colombian or Indian <laughs> brews so commonplace. Now, uh, right. what's your take on the Indian blends? Say, a Chick or a Mangalore or a Mysore, Chennai, uh, What What's right. your take on the Indian blends?
1: So, Indian coffee is like, India is the sixth largest coffee growing nation in the world. And Indian coffee is like really, really beautiful. mm mm-hmm the thing happens is like around 85 to 90 percent of the coffee gets exported mm-hmm. and uh, we don't get the best of the crops so coffee is basically the second largest uh, traded commodity in the world uh-huh. so uh, <clears throat> my take on the Indian coffee is that Indian coffee farmers are super hard working and they uh, they've now accepting the change and they have been like uh, wondering where our coffee is going but now with uh, so what we do is like whenever we get a coffee from an estate, we don't write a blend name or something. We write their name, the estate's name on the packet. So basically, wow. as a consumer, he or she gets to know where the coffee is coming from. So there's a connect between a farmer and the consumer. We tend to so we tend to become just the uh, middlemen who are just roasting and give it to, giving it to you, but farmers are actually the real dudes of coffee. If they are not existing, the coffee is gone. Yeah. Interesting.
0: You've learned your coffee or about coffee in Melbourne, in Australia. Mm-hmm. And then yep. uh, came back to India, came back to Nagpur. And you've taken up uh, taken it up as a full-time profession now. Where yeah. and how can one learn the craft in India if one wanted to? And how does one move forward from there onwards?
1: Uh, very, very tricky question, but also exciting question. Because... Uh, So I started my journey in coffee like four years back and uh, when I was looking out for what to do in coffee, what not to do and specialty things and all these things, uh, I had no answer whatsoever from from the country as such because it was like very, very, very new for the country Mm -hmm. and we were just on that instant coffee or other coffees and all those and uh, so I ended up going to Australia. when I went there for the first time, I did a just a two-day workshop kind of a thing. I won't even call it a course. Mm. It was a two-day workshop in coffee, but that was the uh, inspiring factor. Plus, I met a lot of roasters and Q graders back in Melbourne, mm. which was like, uh, okay, this is what I really want to do. And the culture in Melbourne is like just tremendous, uh, very cooperative. Every roaster exists with each other, you know, like if somebody's uh, crop, green beans get over. They just call up the roast and other roaster, and say, hey, my product is getting over. Can you just send me some? So it's very collaborative. It's very cooperative as mm-hmm. well. Uh, then coming back to India, I joined the company, uh, Butokai. That was like, uh, they're looking out for somebody who is interested and passionate about coffee. Uh, so it worked out. And uh, after that, I went back to Melbourne uh, last year. Okay. So uh, coming back to the question that you were asking, like, how does one start? Uh, it's still a tricky point right now for the for India. Uh, how does one start getting into speciality? The only uh, answer that I can give is what do you want to do in coffee is first you've got to figure it out. Do you want to be a roaster? Do you want to be a brewer? Do you want to be a taster? That is what you have to figure out. And accordingly, you change your plans. Like accordingly, you rather map your plan.
0: But do you think so there are enough the... avenues uh, in India uh, for for people to, uh, um... to learn from or to move forward from or to even have a roadmap for that matter?
1: Right, that's that's a little limitation. So what at Corridor 7 we are doing is uh, what I had to face basically like learn it all online, which was all garbage to be honest. Uh, learning online is not something that I would ever recommend about coffee because there are a lot of variables. So that is not something you want to do. So okay. uh, going ahead, like it's just been a year for us right now. And we've been in a very modest situation and very bootstrapping mode. So we haven't marketed it at all. But mm. now going ahead in the next couple of years or maybe just six months down the line, we we'll, uh starting with the modules for people who want to open up a cafe. Okay. Uh, people who, wanna, who want to be just home brewers, but yet be passionate about, you know, what they want to learn. They don't want to quit their own uh, job or they don't want to, uh, you know, end up in coffee completely Mm -hmm. but there are people who just enjoy this a lot so right uh, so we want those people to come in as well so we've got like three four modules that we are working on right now on which a home brewer can come on board somebody who opens a cafe they can come on board plus who wants to open a roastery uh we are helping uh, helping them out as well so that's the whole model that we have so we are not just roasters but we are more into the uh training education and exposure side of things
0: So, there's a roastery and there's a cafe. Tell us the difference between a roastery and a cafe for our listeners.
1: Alright, I'll make it very simple for everybody. So, uh, just like in beer brewery, uh, they brew the beer and they have got their own beer on the tap, right? Mm -hmm. The same way in coffee, it's a roastery. So, we get the green beans, we roast it ourselves in our style and in our profiles. And that's the coffee that we use in the cafe. So, cafe is somewhere you brew the coffee somewhere you roast the coffee from green to the consumable product. That's okay. the basic difference. Great. Yeah.
0: Your history is uh, having pursued chartered accountancy and then going out there and learning coffee. What are the challenges that you might yes. have faced uh, along the paths that you took up? Because there wasn't an easy path to take, I assume, considering it's not uh, it's not very commonplace to, right. to just go out there and say, uh, hey, I want to learn coffee. <laughs>
1: absolutely absolutely like i remember my conversation with my dad when i came back from australia for the first time and that was 17th of june i remember the date very clearly and uh, i went in dad's room and i'm like look dad uh, i'm telling you something i'm not asking you Uh, i'm telling you that i'm not gonna do my ca anymore i'm done with it i'm getting into coffee so dad was like that's okay that's kind of a threat that i feel but uh, what are you gonna do in coffee And I was completely blank. I was like, oh shit, he's accepted that I'm not going to do CA. But I don't have an answer for how do I get into coffee. So, it was quite tricky. But uh, yeah, they were really supportive. Mom and dad and sister, they were like super supportive about things. So... uh, to make my friends understand that was just an impossible task because all they uh, thought like people used to start calling me hey, waiter kya, kya. Right. and it really didn't matter to me. It didn't affect me in any ways. Neither did I take it as a motivation to show them. Neither did I take it as like, like a negative thing because I knew that they would not understand. Right. So uh, yeah, it was quite difficult to find out exactly what do you want to do? And uh, to be honest, like Till a year back, I would say I was just figuring out things like how to deal with this, how to deal with that. So it was more of a passion than a business opportunity, let us say, uh, because right now coffee roasting and coffee is all cool. Uh, what I believe is if you follow the cool, you will be a fool, you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of that because it fades out. So yeah, the challenge is a lot, uh, like how to prepare for the Q grading examinations. That was the biggest, biggest challenge for me. Uh, then, how to understand more about coffee. So, I did my personal coffee estate visit three years back as well. And trust me, I had no money. I had no money whatsoever back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was all solo. I was just, uh, I mean, just went by buses. So, if anybody's gone to Chikmangdur, they would really understand uh, what going by buses over there is. Like, right. you, <laughs> you don't you don't have any bus facility over there as such. Then, may hardly three, four buses go. Like, it's very difficult. But, yeah. So, I was ready to go all the way and uh, take it everything in my stride. So it was challenging, but uh, I I do miss the journey even now.
0: But, uh, so you spoke about the Q grading examinations. So These yes. are examinations that happen in India. Uh,
1: look, so the thing is, Q grading is basically uh, done by an uh, organization called CQI, that is Coffee Quality Institute. Mm. And they are a non-profit all over the world organization. The reason for me to take Q grading in Australia was uh, so what happens over there is there are you've got a lot of people around you who have been to coffee for like specialty coffee rather Mm. for a good 10 years 15 years and they know their bit in and out right Uh, so I wanted to be in that group and I'm not by any means saying that you know any other country doesn't know their thing but for me it was Melbourne so of course fair enough yeah yeah so for me it was Melbourne I went over there and uh, the exam was trust me Ashok it was like uh, Hitler's den. It was super tough. It was super super tough. Uh, so how it goes the Q grading exam is uh, there are like 22 tests in the exam, and let me tell you, it's not a course. It's uh-huh. an exam. Uh-huh. So you don't really have you don't have a, a place where you can okay study and then write the exam and all that, and then you prepare for the ex- actual exams. It's not that directly. You go into that room and you are at it. So me, at my end, personally, I was working on it for two years because Mm. I had no clue what to expect in the exams. Mm. And there was not much clear information given on net. Plus, the most difficult problem is coffee is all about practicality rather than theory. What you taste, you want to write it in your uh, sheets. So in that exam, you've got 22 tests and all are on your olfactory skills, your uh, tasting skills, your smelling skills, all these things. And your score and the instructor's score of the coffee should be the same. If it is not, then you are not passing the exam. So, it is... So, basically, like, let me tell you a small exam, like uh, cupping exam, cupping in coffees, coffee tasting, like mm. you will taste it. So, when you taste the coffee, uh, there are five cups of, of one estate written, mm. uh, I mean, uh, presented on the table. Right. So, five cups because they want you to find out if there is any deviation from the third cup to the fourth or any, any, however it is. Okay. Right? And you have to score the coffee from six to 10 with an increment of 6.25, 6.5, 6.75 going until 10. Okay. And 10 being the best. Now, and you have scored it on the uh, basis of aroma, flavor, aftertaste, acidity, body, uh, flavor overall all these all these all these things mm. and at the end of it whatever the score comes like let's say eight plus seven plus eight plus eight plus however the score is coming out to be
0: mm.
1: your score has to be if it is 80 and above the coffee is speciality grade if it is below it is commercial grade okay so that score should be tallying with your instructor and uh it does so it is not about personal preference like people would ask me like you know Uh, your instructor would like one coffee, you would like another coffee. So how do you come to the same page? The point is not about your like or dislike. When you are cupping a coffee, you're basically understanding if there are defects in the coffee. If the processing is done right, is there anything missing or that can be added in that? It's not about my preference at all. Correct. So tomorrow, if somebody calls me from Kenya and says, hey, Mithilesh, I want a coffee from India, which is like 83.75 score. So I would exactly know what he wants.
0: Okay. So there is objectivity, you say
1: yes absolutely absolutely there is and also look what happens is like this exam has helped me in a way to understand the consumers much better because when the consumers when the customers come to a cafe and somebody says you know what this is a very nice coffee but what is it like I haven't tasted it ever Hmm. so I kind of I can easily break it down for them you know you're experiencing this on your palate you're experiencing this and they're like oh yes I never observed because Uh when we eat we don't really think about that we're just gulping it down the awareness you mean Exactly. You got to be very aware when you eat. Like as simple as when you eat an apple, if you close your nose and bite into it, you won't understand it's an apple or an orange, you know, because 80%, 85% of the taste is in the nose. So we are not focusing on that at all when we are eating. So it's all full of flavors and full of all these things. It's a very beautiful world, to be honest.
0: Okay, let's let's do the fun bit. Uh, yep. They say that caffeine or a daily coffee dose is a great mm. kickstart to the day. What is your <laughs> kick? Chai. So a coffee cue graders kick is giant.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I can't live without tea. <laughs> like for me, without tea, I cannot start my day. I...
0: Correct, correct. What what's what's your motivation mantra? Tell us your motivation.
1: Uh, there are quite a few. Like one is like make things happen for sure, uh, hmm. rather than depending on something else. And the most important is like uh, even if you're low, even if you're high, people around you. You gotta choose them, right. so it's important what what lets you affect you,
0: hmm.
1: and who whom you have to like uh, you know filter out. That is extremely important because I've seen the low that I had last two years. Hmm. Uh, you know, because figuring it out, and so it was not easy. It was like to find out your niche or what you want. Plus, I was not trying to be cool at all. It was something my passion. I just wanted to do it,
0: hmm.
1: and there were a lot of bricks and uh, things thrown at me, thrown at me. But it doesn't really matter. Yeah. So
0: So a a sense of detachment you'd say?
1: Yeah, you need to know when to detach, when to attach and you have to be very smart with that because at a point of time you have to be a little selfish because if you want to be successful you need to know what you want to do rather than what people would be wanting you to do. As simple as that.
0: Great. Uh, Four quick things that you Mm -hmm. say or that you feel must be kept in mind if one is planning to take up coffee brewing or coffee tasting seriously.
1: Okay. Uh, One, do not read up online. Uh, okay. Second, you have to keep tasting the coffees without any. What do you call So, when we give the coffees out, uh, hmm. we give, write the tasting notes on the coffee that you'll be experiencing this, this, this. Hmm. But at the same time, you don't have to look at it. You just taste it. You write down your own notes. And then you get to know, okay, these are the notes that I'm getting. What has the roaster written? Okay. So, it's like that. So, let, for example, let me put it this way when you have a uh, whiskey. If the whiskey brewer has said, or whoever that guy is, he said that, you know, you're going to get smoky aftertaste, blah, blah, blah. If you are having whiskey and if you don't experience that, just find out what you're experiencing. Put it over there. Okay. So don't get affected by the notes on the coffee bag. Okay. Uh, for brewing, I would say start understanding the variables in coffee hmm. and treat coffee as a living uh, organism because uh, it's changing every single day. So just understand the variables about uh, coffee. And uh, fourth, I would say, just be open. Just have an open-minded idea about uh, what coffee can do. Because there are a lot of ideas in the market. There are hundreds of people telling you 10,000 different things.
0: Hmm.
1: But it's up to you what to believe. Not to imagine, but to what you can believe, basically. Right. And uh, yeah, those are the four things.
0: And uh, finally, before we let you go, what does Mm -hmm. achievement mean to you?
1: Oh, wow. Achievement means community to me. Community, if they're happy with what you're doing, you've achieved a lot of things. And uh, that's the most important thing. Like, a little small story. Hmm. Uh, We started from like a small space in a very unorthodox location that too in Nagpur. Hmm. And uh, I had no plans of building my cafe, to Hmm. be honest. It was just going to be online we are going to sell coffee online all the time. But people started walking in and trust me, I didn't have cutlery or crockery anything because I was like, Koi we just had paper cups. Huh. And people started walking in and we were like, okay, this is becoming regular. Let's just put some money in the crockery. Let's buy it. Yeah. So we bought the crockery and from a 180 square feet space. Now we are in a full-fledged cafe operating like this 3 to 11. But there are people coming in in numbers. Wow so yeah the community is happy because they built it and that's what it means
0: lovely thank you so much for an interesting conversation this surely is a kickstart hopefully many more uh, coffee brewers gonna brew
1: absolutely absolutely i hope so it'll be helpful to somebody thank lovely. you so much thank you so much ashika
0: thank you thank you for listening if you like this podcast Don't forget to subscribe to Voice of Achievers and share the link with your friends. Tune in for brand new episodes every Sunday at 11am. Stay updated and stay connected by following us on Instagram at voiceofachievers. You may also send us guest suggestions or topics that you'd like us to cover with our guests by writing to us. Send out an email to editor at voiceofachievers.com with your name followed by your suggestion. Trust me, we are listening and we cannot wait to share more such voices to empower you.